Hey guys, welcome to the Bagging Boardcast, episode number 507. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you all the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out January 11th, 2023. That's right. It's the first episode of the new year. Happy New Year, boys. Happy New Year. And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, it's time for our monthly look back for some of the comic books that we read in December 2022, last year. Yeah, that's right. I'm not going to tease the books. Yeah, listen to the main topic to get to that part. Uh, And if you had a flooded basement right before Christmas, you're probably going to love drinking like me. And (laughs) I'm having work play pills from Prison City Brewery, uh, German-style Pilsner, coming in at 5.2%. And this is just a nice drinking beer. Flavor is not overly anything. Uh, it's better than mass-produced Pilsners, um, but it's not the best Pilsner I've had. But by far not the worst. Um, it's a nice drinking beer. Great for a hot day. Good beer for a disc golf ball. Mmm. Yeah, Paul's attention on that one. Yeah. Paul, what are you drinking? I'm drinking something you had on the podcast before. I don't remember when, but I'm pretty sure you did. It's Jack Abbey's Craft Lager Smoke and Daggers Black Lager. And this is a little oversmoked. This is a, I don't know what the ABV because it's covered up by a label, uh, but it comes in 16. It uh, comes in a 16 ounce can. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just a little oversmoked. I was hoping for just a black lager. It's 5.6 alcohol by volume. And, yeah, it's just all that fake smoke flavor. And I'm not loving it because of that. It's. I wish they would warn you that it was going to be smoky, like in the title of the year. It does say smoke and dagger, black lager. But. But. But, but what's the first word in the beer's name? Jack. Smoke. Oh, sorry. Uh, I actually had this back in uh, October of 2013. So, John, you might have had it again since then. But I'm imagining I had this with you because yeah. most of the times that I've had Jack's Abbey stuff, it's because you you brought it to the figurative or to the literal table. Okay. Can I now – I will continue on with my butt, but – I will read what it says on the label. Cloaked in mystery, this black lager is brewed with traditional old world ingredients and cutting edge lagering techniques. The perfect balance between new and old. And no point do they say it's a smoked lager. It's smoked. It. What's the name of the name? <laughs> yeah, but when I drink laser cats, I'm not. Mm, tastes like cats. When I'm drinking. Uh, any kind of pun name beer. Yeah, but uh, with Jack Abbey, I mean, when you have their house lager, uh, you know, I know you're not going to expect it to taste like your house, but you're expecting it to taste like a lager, right? 
when you had their whatever mm-hmm. it was called, the ham and ham and ale or whatever. I think the, the pork was, beer that that, that yeah. tasted like. <laughs> yeah, but fire, in the description, the it tells you it's going to taste like. Yes. It, it, but in the description on the can, it it tells you that. Like it I would want instead of cloaked in mystery, I, this black lager. I I just. When you go, I wasn't expecting it to be so smoky, and then the thing's called Smoke and Dagger. You can't really. Come on. I'm not. Come on. I, I wouldn't have. I'm saying I was expecting a little bit of smokiness to it, but that is the overpowering, overwhelming flavor here. It's It's disappointing because of it. Much like I would be disappointed in Laser Cat's. Tasting like cats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't fault Same. that logic. Or Space Kitty. Space, yeah, Space Kitty from Robok. Tasting like cats. Um, <laughs> I'm not expecting other half stacks on stacks to taste like rumpled up dollar bills. Tastes like cats. Chris, put something yes. better in your mouth. <laughs> Drink some. <laughs> what beer are you drinking? Ah, I got I'm a cat right elf. here. I'm not elf. Tastes like a cat. Uh, I'm actually drinking from D9 Brewing Company out of North Carolina. They're Swell Rider, and this is a Tangerine Session Ale, uh, 5.1% ABV. Uh, this is really nice. I've had some stuff from D9 before. If you go to Ohana for Ooh, dinner. I've been there. You have. We went for breakfast. If you go at dinner time. Uh, they have a Hakuna Matata beer uh, that they have there. I don't remember what it is. I think it's like a pineapple IPA. It was fine. It was okay. Um, when I went to my beer store to get stuff for tonight, I I grabbed four beers from D9 just to give them all a shot. And so far, I think this is better than the Hakuna Matata IPA that I've had previously because I don't remember much of that one. But this is just a really nice pleasant tangerine flavor uh 6.1 feels a little bit high abv for a session but i mean it's still easy to drink it's still nice it's still crushable how much is it uh 6.1 oh no sorry 5.1 5.1 yeah I was five. okay okay i don't know if i misread it the first time too or not but yeah 5.1 okay that's that's more more in line with what i'm expecting yeah, this is really good. I picked up a four pack of this and I have no complaints. Nice. I picked up uh I think my new beer's resolution is to keep my Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, we'll get to it. Another episode, all buddy. Right. All right, all right. I, I won't mention it then. But you know what you can mention? Some of your favorite well, news stories for the week and I got, got nothing this past it's week, guys. Two, it's been two weeks because we took last week off so thanks for uh hanging out and listen to the end of light of the jedi on the last episode of word books with friends not the last episode but you know yeah our, our previous episode the, our la- last the last one in that series for the star wars hard republic high republic light of the jedi how is that episode doing did anybody download it i think so i i looked at the insights earlier today because i put up a new uh parks and rec uh, nice. Check out that one too. We talk about beer on that show as well today. Um, 
Well, I got a couple news stories that I wrote down, uh, if I may bring them to the table. Oh, please do. It's the second yeah. time that I've talked about bringing something to the table. First time with John's beer, second time with my harvest from the news garden. Uh, but in a recent interview, Danny Rand, Iron Fist himself, Finn Jones, mentioned that he would love to actually make a return to the MCU as Iron Fist. Uh, and he said he cited uh, some scheduling and time constraints to the impact uh, or to be what impacted Iron Fist previously. Um, but he says that really held him back, but he knows he can, he can do it better and he would hope that he gets another chance for it. I hope they don't give it to him. I don't, see, I, I, didn't, I don't mind peddling for people coming out to say that he wasn't training at all. But again, he does say like he had scheduling and, time constraints which would probably impact that i don't know enough about him or anything else he's done outside of uh iron fist or the couple episodes of game of thrones he was on to know what else he had at that time um i still haven't seen season two of iron fist so i i don't have a lot of thoughts no it's colleen wing in it yeah okay I liked her. She was good in the first one. Um, and Defenders, too. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not opposed to this. I would be okay with him coming back and giving it a better go. I, I honestly don't think they're going to bring Iron Fist back, especially when um, uh, the ten, with the Ten Rings. What's, uh, can't think of his name. Shang-Chi. Uh, Shang-Chi, they kind of made him the Iron Fist with the rings and having that powerful punch and all of that. I feel that was their way of just... I mean, there's there's room in the comics for two martial arts. I think we could fit two into the MCU, though. But don't you have Daredevil for that martial arts as well? You do, but I mean, he's, again, same thing. He's in the comics too, and we have no issues with that. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm I'm not opposed. I don't know if they would, just for for discussion's sake, but I would be all right with it. Um, also, something else that was announced uh, last year, Blizzard Entertainment announced that they were starting work on a new IP, and it was going to be like a survival adventure game. Uh, it was Ooh. just announced that the previous uh, manager from Far Cry, Dan Hay, is actually going to be in charge of this property, which so far is nameless. Uh, they've just been kind of in like the preliminary stages. But having played Far Cry, uh, this is definitely something that I would be interested because in, I played Far Cry 3 and really dug it. And I know that's definitely like a fan favorite like video game franchise. John, you've played... Three and then did you play one of the other ones too? I played two, three, four, five, and maybe six. Okay. So yes, you are you any closer to the the game? The um. It's always just out of reach. (laughs) Still so far. Yeah. Um. The one where it was taking place in the United States. 
which they were making a lot more like it seemed like it was going to be a lot more co-op and stuff um, is where I fell off. And then um, the one that came after it, I think that's seven and eight. I don't remember the numbers, but um, that one was kind of like getting more back to basics. Hmm. And again, they haven't gotten around to getting it. I, I have nothing else to say. I only played the third one. I really dug it. But I am a fan of Blizzard games, so this is something I would probably check out just based on his name being attached to it and the love and care I know they put into their world building over at Blizzard. I think it would be cool. Yeah. John, did you have any news stories you want to? Uh, I you sent me something guys. the other night that I was like, uh, oh, shit, yeah, I didn't know about Jer- Jeremy Renner was... Um, Hurt in a, I don't want to say freak snow plowing accident, but in a snow plowing accident um, where he ended up having to get airlift from uh, his home to uh, to the hospital where I guess he's in stable condition now. But if his neighbor who saw him get hit wasn't a doctor, he probably wouldn't have made it. Because the doctor came out, I believe he put a tourniquet on his leg because his leg was extremely um, damaged and hurt. And he's kind of the real reason that Jeremy Renner is still around now. So, um, yeah, that happened. At first I thought it was he got hit by a plow, but it was his own plow that hit him. No, um, I think it was it was a real snowplow because he had his own uh, snowplow equipment because they've been like snowed in before and he had driven out to help one of his family members get into their driveway and when he was going back it sounds like another plow came through and hit him but I don't I don't know I just read the story uh, after you had sent it see that's what I thought too with what I sent you and then I told my wife and she read it a, a, a bigger article and she's the one that told me that it was his own snowplow that hit him I don't know. I don't know, but I'm glad he's he's okay. Like that's yeah, that's terrible way to start off the new year. But uh, he did share an Instagram picture today uh, from the hospital. So he said he's okay, but he's like too uh, too drugged out to talk. But it's like thanks for the prayers kind of thing. But it's yeah. nice. Short short little trip to the uh, the weekend geek. And we can move on to some other stuff, boys, because we got a we got some comic books to talk about. Yeah. And uh, Paul, what are you picking up January 11th? Uh, you know, I can't remember if you liked this book or didn't like this book, but I'm going to pick up Batman. The Adventures Continue Season 3, number one. Uh, this is, I guess, the next season, quote unquote, of this Batman, the animated series. Uh, telling, uh, being written by Paul Dini and Alan uh, Burnett. This is the team that brought us the, you know, some of the writers that brought us Batman the Animated Series, and it looks like that cartoon series come to life. And what could possibly go wrong with '90s nostalgia <laughs> cartoon series coming back? Especially when it's such a, a fan favorite franchise that we have just gushed about before on this podcast and this is like some of the like the best animation ever put to young young minds mm-hmm. yeah 
Uh, we did issue one of season one, I believe, for Look Back. We did. Um, and we appreciated it, but it seemed a little too maybe kiddish, that first issue. I did hear that it got better and was kind of more what we wanted it to be. Um, so, yeah, Paul, this would be maybe a fun one to uh, to bring to the table for Look Back. Yeah, I'm trying to see when that one came out because I know we we did talk about it. And uh Kindle uh, well, is terrible well, for searching for stuff like that. So I'm giving up. But John, what are you picking up? That uh I am gonna be picking up. Uh it's actually a book that comes out the fourth, uh, but I want to talk about it now, and that's Joe Fix It number one. Uh, Peter David returns to Joe Fixit, the uh, mobster Hulk. And uh, just seemed like a fun, I've always enjoyed Joe Fixit, Mr. Fixit from um, the comic books when I was a kid. I always thought it was fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to checking out maybe a fun take on it. Hmm. Just hoping like Peter David doesn't get bogged down by everything else that's happening happening in the Marvel universe of comics, so he can just stay true to the story and not have to get caught up in all the events. And I'm not hoping that this is when it gets back on track. This is when it gets good. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes, to the detriment of a comic book. It can be trying to play off of some stuff that happened before and just trying to stick to that continuity, but build into a story still based off of that nostalgia. And it just yeah. completely detracts from that book and takes away from you know what you it wanted crumbles, it to be. It crumbles under the weight of it all. Yeah, it's just it, and it it gets bad too, if, especially if it points out that like, oh, this this is yeah. a lot. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Man, but I'm not looking forward to like a book you guys like are talking about gargoyle. <laughs> I'm not looking what? forward to a book like that because I'm looking forward to a book that is sticking to its continuity and it's doing it really well. And this is actually going to be Daredevil number seven, written by Chizarski, uh art by Rafael De La Torre. And John, you're really digging Chip uh, Zdarsky over on Batman because that's been one of your consistent picks for uh, the list now. And yeah. I think. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet because I'm waiting for the trade to come out for that. Uh, the the arc. I can't remember what the robot's called. Um, what is it? Failsafe. Failsafe. I'm waiting for that trade to come out. But Daredevil has been fantastic. Uh, in the last issue, Daredevil and Elektra broke a bunch of supervillains out of prison to create their own army. Uh, to build the ranks of the Fist, the organization that's there to take out the Hand, which is now being led by uh, Frank Castle, the Punisher, and everything's building to this war between like these street level vigilantes that are now the head of like their own warring uh, ninja factions, and I'm having a blast with it. It's very different from the other Daredevil runs that I've read that I've enjoyed, like uh, the Bendis stuff, the Mark Wade stuff. But it still feels like a great, fresh take on Daredevil. And this is probably going to be one of my favorite books of this year. I still have to compile my list for when we do our annual look back. But 
I'm having a blast with this book right now. It's it's Daredevil done well. Nice. Maybe check it out. We'll see. Yeah. You guys got another beer ready to go yet? Are we going to do that or dramatic reading? I got to go get the beer. But I'm uh, recording on my phone, so I can, you can take it with you. Talk. You can take it with it while <laughs> I talk about my beer. This is a beer with a flavor done right. This is Lawson's Finest Liquids Mad River Maple Amber Ale. And then in the description of it, it says our rebo- robust, rich maple ale is loaded with 100% pure from Vermont maple syrup. It delivers a smooth and palate-pleasing mouthfeel with a slightly sweet finish. See how it describes how the beer will taste and not just say it's smoked in mystery uh, <laughs> or, or, or is uh, wrapped in mystery or cloaked in mystery? It, you, you notice how it tells me that there's going to be quite a bit of maple in the description of the beer? Unlike, you know, a certain Jack Abbey that just is like, hey, the first the first word is smoke, so you know. Yeah, but, but Paul, if that didn't have that description of the beer, you'd been like, "Boy, this has got a lot of maple in it. I wonder why." I'm like, oh, it's in the name, maple. Yeah, Mad River Maple, and it 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 works. It's working very well. I do like it's a light it's a lighter beer, and then it does finish well with. That maple. And also, maybe that's why I like it more, because it finishes with it, and it's not, like, the only flavor that's there. It's not so overpowering. It's not the first thing that hits. It's 8%, and it covers that 8% so well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I wouldn't want, like, a, a ton of these in one night, but to have one as a sipper, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, the maple really pops in that. Mm-hmm. It's a nice, nice clean pop of maple, too. Yeah, it's um, like real not maple. syrupy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like real maple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, John. Exactly. Uh, John, you're back from getting that beer. What beer did you end up getting? Uh, so I got from Prison City their Mass Riot. New England IPA coming at 6.8%. Um, I believe about seven years ago, this beer was voted as the best IPA in um, in America. And I believe it was like... I forget in the, in what the American Maggie. prison system or in America in general? <laughs> America in general. Okay. Uh, it was... Um, so I think it was like... A, Rolling Stone did a thing where everybody, any brewery that wanted to, if they sent in an IPA, um, they were going to rate it. And this is one that they'd only open for like maybe a year and they won it and it blew up for them and they became pretty big. Um, but it is a really, really, really good drinking IPA. Um, really nice citrus to it. Got like a little bit of hot bitter to it. Yeah, it's nice. Good little citrus pop to it. It is a, a darn good little beer. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I'm still trying to compile the thoughts about my next 
beer from D9 Brewing Company. Because uh, this is their Luchile Libre. And this is a Southwest Double India Pale Ale with green chili peppers. Um, it's odd. Because you definitely get that kind of green chili right up on the front. But then it kind of just like fades away into that like double IPA like kind of multi hoppiness that kind of covers it up. And then you're like, ooh, that was interesting. Let me let me take another little sip and get get back to those peppers. And you're like, okay, green chili, and then it's like smooth double IPA. Um 8.2% ABV. Again, it is a a double. It's bizarre, but not in a bad way. It's like you had had green chili sitting in your pint glass like while you're like chopping them up to put into like a chili or like a sauce or something and then you use that same glass to like pour your beer into and you're like oh did I just discover something it's very weird but I I think I do like it and if not like I'm just going to keep going back to it when Kate makes margaritas and I make margaritas, uh, oftentimes we'll slice a uh, jalapeno and put a couple jalapeno slices in our margaritas. Just um, because, you know, it gives that little little hint of heat. At Epcot, at the uh, Cava de Tequila in the Mexico Pavilion, they have a jalapeno cucumber margarita that is mm. outstanding. Like, And I'm not a big margarita guy, but that one, it's... Equal parts like that spice and then that cool, refreshing like cucumber. Um, mm-hmm. I don't get it a lot because they have another one that I really enjoy. It's like a smoky pineapple one that I prefer. Um, but yeah, I, I get that kind of like that mashup of flavors. Nice. It's, it's good. I don't. I, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to defend it while I'm talking about it because I don't want to sound like I'm being harsh. It's just. It's very different because usually I don't like pepper beers because they kind of overdo it on the pepper. Mm-hmm. This one is just that. Kind of like when somebody overdoes it onto the smoke. It's not yeah. enjoyable. But, you know, when I, when I picked up the can, I knew it was going to be like a chili beer because it's the chili. Uh, did, did it say that? Did it have a description about uh, it? It also does. It, it does also say like yeah. on the side, like yeah. it's with uh, with green chilies. But, yeah. I do like green chili, so maybe that's why I'm kind of like, yeah, this is this is my jam. If I didn't, probably not, but I think it's not as pepper forward as some other like pepper like stouts or like IPAs or other things that we have. Like Mango Magnifico from Founders was just like hitting you in the face with peppers and mangoes. Like this is definitely yeah. like three steps below that one. Oh, the uh, Oberon man- uh, jalapeno. Yeah. Uh, mango jalapeno. That, that that was from Bell's. That was. Yeah. I, like, yes. I understand, like, Oberon is such a big beer for Bell's. And when they release it, it's like a national holiday in Michigan. Like, everywhere has it on tap. They have, like, placards and signs outside you know like the chalkboard like hey these are special state they'll have it written out like Oberon is here like people get so amped up for it and I think it's just one of those beers that it's so good on its own 
that they're like, okay, well, how can we make it better or more special? But any of those other like variations of it just aren't as good. I agree. And you, get, you, get, you getting ready to take a nap there, bud? I, I'm totally ready. I I can lay back. I'm laid back. So so sidebar. Uh, John he mentioned it up at the front of the show. He uh, suffered some technical issues due to some flooding in his his house. So he's recording off of his phone, and he just got like super comfy. <laughs> he's like reclined. I, 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 he's, I'm laid back. I'm in a I'm in a futon. I got my feet up on the coffee table. The I'm... scene in Titanic where uh, <laughs> Rosa like paid me like one of her French girls. That's how John's like reclined back. He's got like reclined, an arm like I, I have... thrown over behind his head. This... Yeah, I'm, I'm comfy. I never get to be comfy. I was like hunched over for a good minute talking into the into the phone on this futon. I was like, I'm, I'm going to chill out and lay back and enjoy this. Hey, you, you do you. And now a dramatic reading from 10 deaths or X deaths of Wolverine. Number one, page 11, panel two. There's nothing wrong with it. It's moving? Yeah. The room's spinning too. And that was a dramatic reading from the 10 deaths or X deaths of Wolverine. Number one, page 11, panel two. I do not remember anything from that book like when you sent that i was like oh is this like a star jammers book like that's corsair <laughs> right and then you sent the title and i was like oh i don't recall anything from this remember not liking it and then john i think you're like eh, well you know it's a wolverine crossover it's like this is like part one of 20 because there's like three books there telling the story we really liked there was the Wolverine traveling through the past fighting Omega Red. Mm-hmm. And we liked that one. It was the X Lives of Wolverine. Yeah, was yeah, it was like the X Lives. <laughs> oh, sorry, Ten Lives? Ten Lives. Uh and uh this was the the sister book to that, and I was like, Oh, I liked the other one. And I thought about continuing mm. on with it, but if I needed to read both of these this was the book that kept me from doing that. Well, books that you're not reading is one thing, but we're going to talk about books that we did read because uh, we're going to head into our main topic now, which is going to be our December 2022 look back. Uh, we each picked a title to bring to each other to read for this. How do we want to do this? Do we want to start with the uh, book that price, we've been? Le- we start with the cheapest and go to the most expensive. I don't. I literally don't know how much any of these books cost. So, what was? I what do because called? I felt bad when I saw the price of my book. Okay. <laughs> and then I felt a little bit okay better when I saw the price of John's book, and then I felt bad again when I saw the price of your book. So it goes: Gargoyles three ninety nine, uh, 
the book John picked up, which is I, Danger Street at four ninety nine, and then unfortunately my book Action Comics ten fifty was five ninety nine, which I felt really bad about. I mean, because I'm like, ooh, I mean, expensive. We'll talk about it when we get to yeah. to that one because that one does feel like more like prestige, I guess. Um, I don't know. Mm. Like not not as prestigious as John's, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, so gargoyles. So gargoyles. Uh, this bears the distinction of being the book that I brought to the table. So I actually own a physical copy of this. Uh, I got I got a cool cover. John's showing his cover because he also picked up a physical copy of this. Um, when this book, you only picked up two. Uh, when this book was announced, so his I was like, is the most expensive. <laughs> I was like, man, you know what? I gotta pick this up. I gotta add this to my pull list. Um, we talked about it for our list picks the week that it came out because every one of us, when we sit down in our pre-show stuff, like we always go, okay, you know, you guys got any news? Oh, what books are we gonna be picking for the list? Oh, John, you you pick for Paul for dramatic reading. And we were all like, I'm picking gargoyles this week. I'm picking gargoyles. So it was kind of like a communal, like, wow, we're all excited for this book. And if you couldn't pick up on the breadcrumbs that we were laying down at the beginning, we all love gargoyles. Like, this is definitely a animated franchise from Disney and the Disney Afternoon that definitely resonated with all of us. And I think it's definitely important that this is coming from Greg Wiseman, who was one of the series leads for the actual cartoon um, when they brought gargoyles back as a comic book from slave labor graphics back in the early two thousands with like the next season of gargoyles done in comic books. He was also the writer on it there. Uh, this book does not pay attention to any of that because now we're getting the real next season of gargoyles. Um, so again, gargoyles number one uh, written by Greg Wiseman. Art by George Cambadeus, uh, coming out from Dynamite Publishing. And I'll give it up because the book looks like Gargoyles. I think they nailed the look, the tone, the character design perfectly. Uh, But then it quickly becomes bogged down by the weight of the continuity of a show that I have not revisited or rewatched in years because even when I did go back and revisit and rewatch it when it was coming out on DVD and Paul, I think you got me like season two, volume one for Christmas or my birthday one year. Yeah, maybe. I, I uh, think there was it, definitely a, a couple of years there where birthdays and Christmases were just the, I was yeah. giving people like DVD sets because I could find them cheap at target, like months before Christmas and <laughs> birthdays and Christmas. And I was like, yes, got them. Because it was one of those things where, like, they put out the first season and then they put out the second season, but they broke it into two different volumes. And then I don't know if the second volume of it ever came out because the first part of, like, season two or maybe this was, like, season three they did this. I don't recall because now it's all just available on Disney+. Plus. But it didn't sell well enough for them to put out the second part of that season. Uh, so at that point, I it was lost to the ether. Like this was before Disney plus, so you couldn't just stream it. So a lot of the stuff I do not remember. And the fact that Greg Wiseman 
you know, one of the co-creators of Gargoyles, ushering it into your childhood home television screens, has a moment in the book where they're breaking down all these weird Gargoyle variants as like, "Eh, don't worry about it. You don't need to know that. It's not important. It was at that moment I was like, okay, comic book. Well, fuck me, I guess, because I was excited (laughs) for you. Yeah, at every point, this book is, like, apologizing and yet rubbing it in your face that this stuff happened. Yeah. It's it, could have, it could have easily course-corrected and just focused on, you know, the Manhattan clan and Detective Elisa Maza and gone from there. But, no, it it doubles down on, like, the Steel clan, which is fine. But then there's, like, the other ones that I don't remember at all that are, like weird like chimera thing like i don't i don't know john mutates how did how did this one burn you um it was fine i read this to my son my three-year-old son Uh so so, sidebar your son that got distracted while watching a Muppet christmas carol because he wanted to know what happened to rizzo's jelly beans how did he handle gargoyles uh, it was a lot of, who's that guy? Who's that guy? That's, Sorry, kid. Uh, Book tells you not to worry about it. I don't know. That's, uh, that's, um, what? I, I, uh, that's Brooklyn's son. Oh, he said shut up. Like, yeah, he said shut up. We don't say shut up, right, buddy? No. Is he a bad guy? He said shut up. I'm like, no. Um, this is the one where when you said you're going to pick this, I said, do you really want to do that? I really and wanted to talk about it. And at that point, you had purchased it. I had purchased it. It was just making Paul buy it at that point. Yeah. But or Paul, had you already bought it? No, no, Just, I had okay, not. I don't know. Because and Paul doesn't buy anything until we make him buy. So that goes Especially in December when it's like Christmas back. time and I'm not reading any books. I'm just getting Christmas ready. Um, I feel like but, they were really I feel like they were really trying to set this book up and explain to remind you of everything that's happened in the TV show because there's definitely mm-hmm. stuff that they had that like Tales of the Gargoyle or this is says number one on it if they wanted to do that, this should have been a zero issue that I paid maybe like a dollar for to be like, oh, right. OK. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, who's that guy? I don't remember. This should have been something that they started I, the series with. I don't disagree. Like full price. I, I I felt burned when I was like, this reads like a zero issue because they're just throwing characters at me and giving me like two, three captions about who they are and then moving on to the next clan that I don't remember it it was rough yeah because other than characters showing up at the castle what happened at this book there was a like a chase it's setting up the the mob setting up the mob in the mob war Okay, setting up the mob war. Okay, I kind of forgot about that. It's setting up the bad guy who's going to steal the baby gargoyle. Yeah. The, the mutate. 
yes. This it, this it, the book is all set up. It's set up and it's reminding you and letting you know who all these characters are because they're characters that I definitely stopped watching the cartoon. Because season three, I think, of Gargoyles was like Tales of the Gargoyle, and it changed some of the characters and brought in a bunch of characters. Um, but yeah, it. I don't feel burned. I feel like they were absolutely 100% trying to set up stuff. But then, like you said, Chris, they are kind of like, we're showing you them, but don't worry about them. But if you're introducing them, I'm assuming they're going to have some sort of presence in this book. So I should know who they are. Uh, and also, I just want to give a special shout out to the four or five pages that they have in the back that outline the 78 different covers that are available for this book through different retailers. <laughs> they knew this was going to be a thing. And Obviously, it was, because we were all excited for it. We all talked about it. Um, I yeah. I put this I, on my pull list, and I, I'll buy the next maybe two to see. But the best part of this book for me was at the very end, and I don't know if they had this in the digital one, Paul, where it's the the glimpse, like the yeah, sneak Darkwing peek Duck, yeah. at the Darkwing Duck book. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, I'm like, Okay, yeah, that looks like Darkwing Duck. Like, there's there's not a lot that they can get wrong with that because it's got it's got Darkwing, it's got Launchpad, it's got Goslin. Yeah, but cool. <laughs> All the characters. That's because are you're there. still wearing your nostalgia glasses, and nobody came over and just took them off and crushed them in front of you and said, "No, we did a lot of wacky shit in this in this cartoon." Because I did not remember any of that. And then when they <sighs> When the evil Goliath is at the end, I'm like, oh, right. They like did a weird evil Goliath clone. It was like, and he had like the alternate colors. It's, and then the, so the weird Lexington, like, yeah, nostalgia it was is breaking Greek my nostalgia for, for the show. Nostalgia is Greek for the same pain again. And this book definitely hurt me in ways that I did not feel like I needed to experience. It looks really good. Like it looks like gargoyles. Like the colors pop. It's got that kind of like sleek, slick, animated style to it. It, it. I guess it's very representative of gargoyles. It's just maybe I don't love gargoyles as much as I thought I did. I've been. It might be true. I. It, I kind of do want to go back on Disney Plus and like wake up in the morning and just like watch an episode of Gargoyles for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, they're good. I don't. I don't think they put it on the DVD, so I don't know if it's going to be on Disney Plus. But there was the episode where I think it was like Broadway, like shot someone with like Detective yeah, Maz's yeah. gun, like. He shoots, he shoots the cop by accident. I would hope that's still there, because, I mean... It's there. I, okay, good. I watched it with my son. Did he have any Did thoughts on that? Him? Uh, I made sure that he knows not to shoot people. See how good plan. You know how good plan. everybody is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh... 
But yeah. Know, so, sorry, I back to your point, John, where you're like, you sure you want to pick this? I want to pick because it's definitely something I think bears discussion. And I think sometimes we do need to be honest with the comic books that we're reading and not just kind of gloss over and be like, eh, no, I, I, second thought, I don't want to talk about this. I think sometimes we really should say like, hey, we we do this show because we love everything that we talk about. And sometimes what we love and what we want to talk about is not the best. It's not most representative of what we want it to be. And I think this is a prime example of that. Sorry, yeah. Paul. Sorry, Paul. You can continue. Yeah, to throw no, it to I was just going to throw it to the next book. I do not know what's happening in danger street or why. Okay. So John, John set us up on danger street because I had thoughts going into this that I was like, oh, okay, I know what this is going to be. And then it quickly became not that. Uh, So Danger Street, written by uh, Tom King, art by Jorge Fernandez. Um, And this is uh, Black Label. Uh, And this is Once Upon a Time in a Far Off Kingdom, Chapter 1, Atlas the Great. And this follows, this one is a story told by uh, Dr. Fate's Helmet. Mm-hmm. And it follows a couple group. It co- follows a group of teenagers, a uh, sh- little small town sheriff. Lady cop. Lady cop, uh, who has a connection to being a female superhero, it seems. Uh, the Creeper. And um, Starman, uh, Warlord, and um, I want to say Metamorpho, right? Met- yeah, Metamorpho. Well, and then Metamorpho. Manhunter as well. And Manhunter, who's just has a glimpse. It's like all D-level characters. Um, and the story is told like when they're talking about uh, Starman, Metamorpho, and um, Warlord. Uh, the caption says like uh, the three princes. And when they talk about uh, the creeper, it's referred to as an ogre. Like it's almost told these things are being told as if they're um, like an old time medieval fantasy tropes. Yeah. Uh, And like Metamorpho traded his arm to get the, to get the helmet, which gave they, and they gave him magic words so they could summon Darkseid, defeat him, and take him to the Justice League to become members. And then the Creeper, his TV personality uh, alias, is trying to get a job. Like, there's a, so much going on in this book um, that, like, I was like, I guess I should read issue two to maybe understand more of what's happening in this. Um, th- but Chris, I think, you, said you, you, I think you understand it just fine. Cause I think that's everything that happens in it. Yeah. Um, when Atlas I dies, I don't get it. When I jumped into this book, I assumed like we were going to be seeing glimpses of all of these like D list heroes, but it was almost going to be like a paper girls or lumberjanes type comic where you're following this group of kids existing in a world around superheroes 
and they have their own adventures that just kind of like intersect with whatever the heroes are doing. But then like it, it kind of hits this point where the superheroes kill one of the kids and now you're going to be dealing with the fallout of that. So it was like a quick heel turn in this book that I did not expect or see coming because I should have maybe thought it would be a little bit darker being a black label book, but I didn't expect it to be that heavy. Like I, I thought, okay, it's going to be kids. Maybe one of the kids finds fate's helmet. Like he becomes the wearer of it or something. Uh, I did not expect it to to go where it went. Yeah, it uh, it went places, and it's going places that I don't get. Like Lady Cop, like she has this flashback while she's playing cards that she was like dead on the floor, and there was somebody like putting cards. Like I'm guessing, like no, the Joe EC played cards. I don't cards. think she's the dead one, Paul. I think it was her boots that you see. Oh, that she was killing the girls? That that blonde girl that was on the floor wasn't her? Yes. Because I, you know, okay, maybe. Let me, let me maybe. get back to that page. I need to, because to refresh myself. Show the woman in blonde hair, but it says, like, who knows? I don't know. Uh, they bring, they summon Atlas, and they kill Atlas, and I'm like, oh, that's, why is he yelling at the sky is falling? The sky is falling. Well, Atlas is holding up the sky. Um, I, yeah, I don't know where this is going. I don't know why I would want to be going to that destination of where it's going to either. So wherever Danger Street leads is I'm not that interested. I think I could like where this winds up going. Just after the first issue, I don't know enough about where it will be going next. To know if I want to. Is it a one way street? It. Is it a dead end? <laughs> I is don't it know. A sac? I, I would figure it's a dead end because it's Danger Street, but I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, um, but you're not supposed I to drive think... a moped on it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, I don't know. I liked, I like Lady Cop dealing with the kids who all have like weird, weird nicknames, like yeah. non fat. Uh, Good looks. I, I think there was enough here to make me feel overall positive about this book. Uh, it's definitely a book I don't know where it's going, and I think that that's a good thing. I, it's an engaging, engrossing story. I do want to see how all these stories kind of, like, intertwine and play out. Like, the Jack Ryder stuff kind of takes a backseat to everything, but it has to matter in some way. Uh I don't know. I, I think ultimately I I dug it. I think it looks great. It's a bunch of characters that I don't know anything about. I might have seen them in like crossovers or miniseries back in my rabid comic book buying days. Um, so it's kind of kind of cool. I mean, I feel like Metamorpho is a step above everybody else, and he doesn't need to kind of bargain his way onto the Justice League, but. You know what? It's a black label book, so continuity be damned. Well, talks as if he has been a member, but he's maybe been let go. He, he does. He's like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna love when Superman gives speeches. Oh, Wonder Woman's good at it oh. too. Wait, that was Metamorpho saying that, not Warlord. Yeah, I thought that was Metamorpho. Uh, yeah, but the 
I don't understand why Michael Starman or Mikhail Starman would be even be interested in doing in like in any of it. Because this isn't the Starman from 30 years ago from uh, what's uh, his name? James Robinson. James Robinson's wrong. James Robinson. Because nobody's written this guy since James Robinson yeah. wrote him. So you can do whatever you want with him because he's not the same character. Right, right. I was expecting like the first part of it. I'm like, OK, the dingbats of Danger Street. This will be fun. It's the Goonies in. Yeah. And DCU. I'm like, and the Goonies, as we all know, are good enough. They're good enough for you. Goonies are good enough for me. But this, the dingbats are not the Goonies. And because you know why? They're not good enough. Well, because one of them died. And Goonies never say die. Wow. So that was good. On page uh, on page thirty one, where you see the kids are the ones who are hiring um, Jack, the creeper. Mm-hmm. Like you see on the desk that they have Metamorpho's arm, but who's the guy in the shadows in the back? Did you guys recognize Vigilante? Um, it could be. He's got like a like scales He's of justice the thing there on his uh on his belt oh, too. I don't. I don't. I don't because know the vigilante about... is wearing red, and this guy seems like he's more in a black and yellow with two gun holsters. Oh, yeah. Keep telling me about colors. <laughs> um, I don't know, but there was a moment when, like, mm. the kids are when they're riding like the like the moped ATV quad thing through the desert, and like one of the kids is like, "Yeah, dingbats of Danger Street." I had a flashback to the. Clerks animated series where it was uh, Jay and Silent Bob on the the moped driving down the street. He's like, "Yeah, see what Grease Thunder can do," and like they're like, "Pop, pop, 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 down the street." You feel that in your face? And that made me smile. I don't know. I I like this book. I dug it. Yeah, but that's gonna head us into our last book. And before we get into that, I have another beer to discuss while you guys are playing it safe, listening to the man, not succumbing to the peer pressure. Um, I have a cinnamon vanilla stout, and this is called Morchata. Uh, it's a cinnamon vanilla milk stout. This is a little bit lower ABV, boy. This is only 5%, so this is actually like the lowest of the night because it's actually lower than the Session Ale. Um I did take a sip of this. I point one. I did take a sip of this when I had uh, just cracked it open. So it's been sitting out for maybe about like 20 minutes, half an hour while you guys were recording the uh, barbecue boys that you can, you've probably already heard it because it's probably already live or maybe you'll hear it next. I don't know. Whenever Paul posts it. It, I try to do bag and board boys once a month. So that'll probably Mm. come in out like mid to late January. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, all that cinnamon's very upfront, and then it kind of like fades into like that nice milk stout. I don't get a lot of vanilla on it, and when you call it morchata, I'm expecting it to be much more like a horchata, like like a coquito, like eggnoggy type feeling. And I'm not getting that from it. Um, it's not bad. It's just not great. It just doesn't deliver on the promise like other beers, the tangerine session and the um 
the green chili double IPA have. This is fine. Like if I hadn't had better milk stouts, I might lean more into this one. If I haven't had better cinnamon beers, I would probably lean into this. But compared to something like Dark of the Moon, which is just like a wonderful, like nice rounded cinnamon flavor, this is just a milk stout with some cinnamon thrown in there. Don't love it, don't hate it, but I'll drink it. It's fine. It's too bad, because when you mentioned that, I was like, ooh, that's probably going to be really good. Yeah, I honestly, like, also right now, when we went grocery shopping the other day, we picked up a cinnamon vanilla coffee creamer. That delivers more on the promise than this does. Like, that has more of just, like, that nice, rich, like, spicy cinnamon and vanilla than the cinnamon vanilla beer. But alas, I digress. We got another book to talk about. Paul... This is your pick. Well, first, I want to mention. Uh, no. Uh, actually, well, we said I, first you're going to mention. You're going to talk about Taylor Swift again. No, I'm going to okay. mention this. Uh, for Christmas ales or Christmas beers, because he said horchata, which, you know, that's a, that's a hor- horchata. That's like a, a typical yeah, it's, kind of thing. It's like an eggnog coquito. Like, it's a holiday, like, spiced, cream based drink. I have to say, I do enjoy Stone's Chocavesa. I think it's the best beer they make. Um, Chocavesa is coming back this year. Hmm? Chocavesa is coming back this year. They retired it. Yeah. No wonder I didn't see it on the shelves. I was surprised. I was like kind of, not that I was looking for it, but if I saw it, I know I would have recognized it and picked up. But Mad Elf is really good. Is it? Yeah. Well, COVID. So I wasn't really shopping for beer for a while there. I was just picking up what I could when I could. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I Great Lakes, Christmas Ale, Mad Elf, Southern Tier, Two Xmas. Two Xmas would fall below all those. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's okay. been a while since I've had It's not as good as Great Lakes. I mean, Christmas Ale, yeah, from Great Lakes is fantastic, but I don't know. I haven't had Chocolate It's Vesa probably in a because time, 2X so. and it's probably because 2X and Great Lakes are so similar in like flavor profile, like what they're trying to do, that like it kind of knocks each other out. Like if you pick one, the second one isn't going to be number two on your list because they're so close. So it's going to be lower on your list. I get because that. you want and... something. I can Back get in the, the two Xmas on here, but I, the last time I had a Christmas sale, I think was John. I think you sent me one maybe like two or three years ago, and yeah. I had and I was like, oh yeah, still like that nice spicy rich stone fruit. But I, I, Southern Tier two Xmas, like it it flows down here, and having it this past Christmas, like it it delivered on what it was. Like it's still. Reminds me of that, like taste of home. Even though it's, it's not like <laughs> it, it was like because it you know harkens back to that time when I still lived up north, where got to enjoy Christmas with some snow and friends and family. Yeah, yeah. Emphasis on some, not all the snow that we got this year. Uh, 
back in the day, we used to flip flop every other year. It'd be like our favorite would be two X and then great lakes. And then the next year it'd be great lakes. And then it'd be two X is their favorite. And, um, those beers now are still good, but they don't hit me like they used to. Like it's the, the over ginger over nutmeg. It's just like too much for my palate these days. But you're also over Christmas most days, so. Really? I know. I I, I heard yeah, you were like telling that, yeah. people at work that were asking for like extra coal. You were like, bah, humbug. And you're like, oh, yeah. this, this guy working there in the refrigerators, and he's. <laughs> but Paul's like, oh, let's do a thing where we talk about our favorite ornaments. I'm like, I don't have any favorite <laughs> ornaments. Uh, what about I don't me? have any Christmas favorite Christmas songs. I don't have any favorite Christmas anything. Bah, humbug. Um, I have all of those favorite Christmas things. Maybe maybe next year we do another episode. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, right. Paul, set us up. So what's, your, what's your book? My book is Action Comics 1050. This is... uh. Kyle Al coming back to Earth uh, after his exploits on uh, War Planet and whatever else they were doing with Captain with a uh, with Superman because Connor or I don't even John L John Kent uh, with no H uh, was is was Superman here on planet Earth uh, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Tom Taylor. Uh, and Joshua Williamson, art by Mike Perkins and Clayton Henry and Nick Dragata. Hey, good cast. This is but you, de- you definitely notice the variance and oh. like difference in that art from page to page. Oh yeah, you do. Uh, and that's that. I thought was the kind of a detractor from this book. Um, but here we got Lex Luthor basically kidnapping and working with uh, what Manchurian Black, Manchester Black. Is it? Oh, Manchester, Manchester Black, and basically wiping out the any kind of memory that Superman Clark Kent is Superman. And in fact, if you a person is presented with that fact, undeniably, undisputedly. They will like suffer like a weird brain. They have like a like a stroke. stroke um, yeah. Which my big thing for this is, I don't read Superman comics at all. Like I see him in some of the crossovers, and recently with reading Dark Crisis, he was gone. Which you know they hand wave away, like oh he was doing stuff on another planet. That's why uh, John was Superman. Which. When you were talking about this, does John have like a Kryptonian name? Have we seen that at any point, or are we just not in Superman? I think it would know? just be John L. I, I would. But that's okay. That's what I was thinking, but I haven't seen that. Um, but we talked about it in the pause. Perry White knows that Clark Kent is Superman. Everybody know, knew. Okay, but how does everybody know? Because I haven't. Because he right is back, and then why is Clark, Clark Bryan still being Clark Kent? Though? Brian Michael Bendis did that. I don't remember that. Did we read it? 
No. We only read a couple of those Bendis Supermans. But so if everybody knew Clark Kent is Superman, why is he still Clark Kenting around? Because Clark Kent is Superman. He he is. But Clark what's the Kent. point? Yes, he's. We we, because, we know this, but why still be Clark Kent? Because there's scenes and panels in this book where he's like doing the whole on like, oh, I'm wearing the suit with the glasses. If everybody knows, why is he putting on those airs still? Because that's how he feels most comfortable it's a as a human. Comic book. I, it, it was just weird. I don't get it. Like, like why does Drew Car- Drew Carey no longer needs glasses? Like he's had LASIK. He doesn't need to get a buzz cut. But Drew Carey still wears glasses and still does a buzz cut because he's he Drew Carey. Doesn't do the buzz cut anymore, Paul. And he's got a big beard. Oh, he doesn't. He does. Oh, he? And he wears yeah. the glasses because I think people were making fun of him because when he wasn't wearing the glasses, he was like, ugh, he looks like a slug. I don't think that's what they were saying, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he just got one of those faces. It looks better with the glasses. It breaks it up. Guess what? Clark Kent also looks better with the glasses. <laughs> uh, Superman's a good-looking guy. Clark Kent? Hmm. That's the same person. Are they? I forgot. What do you oh, mean? They're I got an aneurysm. He's he's drawn a little different. There. Um, I don't know. I I like this. It seems from solicitation stuff that Action Comics is going to become something of a Superman family anthology book, almost. Just based off of the covers for the upcoming issues and kind of how it seems like it's going to be touching on all of the different characters. Uh, so I was expecting this to kind of be the lead into that, and you do get hints of it at the back end. But for me, it was just a big case of not knowing enough about the current state of Superman was like the biggest detractor for me. Uh, I did like Superman just finally kind of laying into Lex Luthor, though, like throwing him into space, punching off his super suit and being like, no, now you made me mad, like. Now things are about to get real. You're not ready for that. Yeah. You've been, you've been warned. Uh, yeah, I did enjoy that, too. I, I had no problems with this book. The biggest thing was I, for five ninety nine, I don't need a zero issue for three Superman books that are going to be starting. And that's what this seemed like. It was like, Check out what's going to be happening in this book, and this is what's going to be in this book. Which I, which starts off on page thirty. Interested in possibly checking those out, but at the same time, it's Superman, and I've never been a big Superman fan. That it would take a lot for me to really pick up what they were trying to sell me. With this book, which is, and then I don't even know which one I'm supposed to be, that I like, that I'm, which one am I supposed to be picking up? And then they bring back Metallo. Uh, I don't know. That's an action comics, is the Metallo one. Yeah. Uh, if you want to follow John Kent more, you, you get Superman John Kent with the multiverse stuff, much like what they did with... Um. 
the Flash, you know, Wally West. Like, oh, I'll just send it off to the multiverse. Um, and then you get, you know, if you want to read more about how Lex Luthor is uh, going to get his revenge on Superman, then you read Superman. Which I'm not. I enjoyed this. Uh, I don't know if I would regularly read a Superman family, like anthology, kind of like everybody in one book book, but it would kind of, it would, it would be something I would check in on when Paul picks it up. Um, a couple of weeks ago for the list, I picked the Batman untold legends book. It's like, Oh, this, <laughs> this is my pick. Like it's a, Nightwing Batgirl story. This might become my Batman book. Little did I know that that was like the penultimate issue because the final issue of that's coming out this week. And I'm like, oh, well, was behind the times on that. Um, I don't know. I wish DC would do more of those like oversized anthology books, like charge me $4.99 for something, but give me like, like 40, 50 pages of story like to see some of these yeah. characters because you might keep me engaged in it a little bit more because I have no issues with this book. My only issue is like, I don't read enough Superman to know, Mm -hmm. but as soon as like the story got going, I was like, okay, I'm interested in this, especially when like, uh, Luther's got uh Manchester black, like strung up there and he's (laughs) like torturing him. And he's like, Oh, you're wrong about him. Cause you know, the whole time I was working with him, he's a pretty good, pretty good guy. And you, you know what he thinks of you? He doesn't like you don't even come up in conversation. You never cross his mind. Like, how does that make you feel? I liked those kind of pithy moments that this book has, because mm-hmm. uh, it's not something that I feel like you get out of a lot of Superman. You might get it from Lex Luthor, but I like it being in those Superman books because, yeah, Superman wouldn't care about Lex Luthor. He's got en- enough stuff going on that's ke- like taking his attention. I just don't like that I was charged five ninety nine for a cosmic reset book. And this is what this was. This was like, oh hey, remember how Brian Michael Bendis came in and like did away with the super identity of uh Superman? And you remember how Brian Michael Bendis did that before with like oh no, Jeremy that wasn't Brian Michael Bendis. That was uh some war with uh Spider Man. That was uh What's his name? Um, why can't I? Mark Millar, Spider-Man. Um, but we're gonna reset that now. Oh, he did it with Daredevil. Yeah. Undoing the, the secret identity. Yeah, and I'm now paying six dollars to see him un- see DC Comics undo that. Like, I mean, it's that's all it is. Book. It's a reset. This book is but I like knew it was going to be a reset comment, so what can I complain about? I mean, this book's forty-two pages of story. Yes, it's five ninety-nine. That's eighteen cents a page. If you do that same math for a twenty-two page comic book at three ninety-nine, it's eighteen cents a page. I mean, yes, you paid a little bit more, but you're getting a little bit more. Um, but I just, to John's point, the little bit more is. The, the the solicitations and previews for books that he might not be interested in. Yeah. Pa- starting at page 37, like, it's all 
I was trying to skip through to to yeah. that point just to see. So okay. So, so if it's at thirty-seven or thirty-six, yeah. So if it's five ninety-nine, art change with thirty-seven. So at that point, oops, he says five ninety-nine. Five ninety-nine. Yep. Turning at page thirty. Is it thirty-five or thirty-six? It's still not 36. terrible. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't mind this one. I I liked yeah. it, and it kind of got me interested in this take on Superman. Like, this the Superman that's now, you know, kind of on his heels. Like, he's, he's ready for what's coming next. Yeah. Um, the John Kent stuff, I'm I'm not super interested in. Like that's, he's a character that's on the periphery. But the Vitalis stuff, I, the way that was treated is like, oh, he's back. It's like, well, I didn't even realize he's been gone. So, okay, no, I I didn't mind this one. No, it's it's probably my number two. I would say it's my number two too. Hmm, what's your number one, John? I said the same thing to Chris. Chris, what's your number one? Oh, uh, my number one's going to be Danger Street. Uh, my number two will be Action Comics. And then my number three is going to be Gargoyles. Same here. My number one is going to be Action Comics. Uh, my number two is going to be Gargoyles. Wow. And my number three is going to be Danger Street. They're neck and neck. They're neck and neck. Like, I don't, I didn't, I don't think. I just feel like so. Comic books is. December. It's salty, but Paul's just used to being mistreated by his comic books so much that Gargoyles is like, yes, this is what comic books should be. I'm jumping five issues into a story. I know nothing about it, but uh, it's a comic book, so... Yep. Oh, Paul, you deserve But that better. one was, like, way holding my hand and telling me way too much about what was going on. Come on, guys. All in all, not my favorite monthly look back, but I think there are some some silver linings to some of this stuff. All right. Yeah. You both are yawning, about to fall asleep. John's yeah. like half <laughs> out the door anyways. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Happy New Year. Let us know if there are any books that we slept on, like John's about to fall asleep on his futon. Emails over at bagnaboardcast at gmail.com. Comment on any of the He's, social social media posts for this yeah. episode. Rate and review us. John's waiting to sleep on a photon. He's going to be so sore. He's going to hate himself tomorrow morning if he falls asleep on that. There's going to be a bar that dug into him all night. Oh. It's actually a pretty comfy uh, photon. He says, while falling asleep, but tomorrow morning... A different story would be told. All right, we're stopping. We're stopping the, all the recordings. Yep, I, I stopped that. Uh, how do I stop? <laughs>